0: And the overflow, and we have talked about having an overflow of grace in our lives. We talked about having an overflow of love in our lives. This morning, I want to talk to you about having an overflow of thanksgiving. There we go. So, this we don't have a slide for this, but what I want you to, to do is allow me to chase a rabbit, <clears throat> starting out chasing a rabbit, and this rabbit's leading me right to 2 Peter chapter 1. And what I want you to see is that. We must, as disciples of Christ, be diligent in adding new virtues to our life at all times. It's not enough to become a fully developed child of God. It's not enough to just believe that Jesus is the Christ. Right. We have to develop our faith, and to our faith we have to add certain things. Yeah. And that's why I'm chasing this. I want you to hear what 2 Peter, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1. And I'm reading it to you out of the King James In verse 5, Peter said, add to your faith. Everyone say add. Add. Now, Peter understood that that he was writing to people of faith, but he said, I want you to add to your faith. To be diligent to add. Everyone say, we got to grow. For some of us, it's just high time to grow up. Amen. Amen. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, wouldn't that be sweet? And to brotherly kindness, charity, for, listen to this, verse 8, For if these things be in you, if these things be in you, and abound or overflow, They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll have a fruit-filled life if you add to your things. Right? Now, Peter said, add to your faith virtue. G.K. Chesterton said this, that the chief or the mother of all virtues is gratitude. One of the most, listen to this, one of the most significant changes that Jesus wants to make in our hearts and lives is to transform us into people who are continually grateful. I want to say that again. One of the greatest changes or the most significant changes is the Lord wants to make us people of gratitude. To overflow with thanksgiving. Of course, in all of my sermons, I always, I, I'm i a word nerd. I like knowing what words mean. So I looked up the word in the Vines New Testament Dictionary. I looked up the word thankfulness, and it says this, see grace. Wow. <laughs> Put up the next slide, Sister Fowler. Here's what I want you to see. Thankful are graceful. Remember, When I was teaching you about how to overflow in grace, I told you to brag about God's goodness. That one of the key components to having grace flow and overflow in your life is to make much to do about it. To talk about the grace of God. Give God credit for the good things in your life. Be they great or small, be they many or a few, give God credit. And I'm going to show you that the more thankful we are, the more graceful we are. And the more graceful we are, the more thankful. It, it kind of reminds me, have you ever been on a beach and wave after wave just continues to roll up upon the sand? In my mind, I can picture one wave being grace and the next wave being thanks. So as grace comes, you give thanks. And as you give thanks, God sends more grace. It's an unending cycle. You can never outrun or extinguish grace. You can never tax it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. God will always have more grace. Remember what he told Paul? My grace is sufficient for you, meaning it's more than enough for any situation you ever find yourself in. No matter how complex, no matter how bad the problem, my grace is more than enough. So we want that kind of grace. The way to get that kind of grace is to engage and create within our own lives, a culture of gratitude, because here's another thing you'll find. If this is true, then the opposite is true, that the 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 unthankful. Those who refuse to give God thanks know nothing about grace. There's another rabbit. I'm going to chase it. See, one of the things that separates the legalist from the grace filled is the legalist thinks they did it all. And I've heard preachers say things like this. You, you want to know why I know so much about God? Because oh, I spent a thousand hours praying in tongues. I've heard it. Who are they giving credit? Where, see, some, a preacher who understands grace will say, do you want to know why I know this? Because the Holy Spirit's my teacher and he's your teacher too. The grace filled can take no pride about what God has done cuz they give God all the credit. The legalist won't give God credit cuz they think they did it. I know one famous preacher that is fond of saying, "You want to know how I bo- broke the back of poverty? I gave a $1000." The grace filled will say, "Do you want to know how he broke the back of poverty?" Wow. He hung on a tree. So I don't get any credit for it. He does. Where the legalists will always say, this is what I did. So the graceful are thankful. And the thankful are always graceful. So if we want to increase grace, saints, increase gratitude. Amen. Go with me as we get started to second. Now, I got to tell you, I left the house today, and I didn't put on my Apple Watch, so I don't got a timer. And I left my phone, so I ain't got a timer. So if I go over, sorry. I'm just saying, I I went. And it wasn't the Macarena. I was looking for my, and I ain't got it, so. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Listen to this. For all things are for your sakes, so that grace, having spread to more and more people, will cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Do you see that? I want you to ignore, if you can, the, the, the words in white. And just look at the words in red. And let's say it together: Grace will cause. Grace will cause thanksgiving to overflow. And if we reverse that, as I've already said, thanksgiving will cause grace to overflow. In studying this out, you'll discover that thanksgiving is both a noun and it's a verb. It's it's really it's a wonderful thing to add to our lives. It's a noun in that it describes a group of people. It describes them. That's the thankful group over there. That church, they thankful. They thankful for everything. That's the thankful group of people. But it's also a verb because it describes what the thankful group of people do. They give thanks. We're talking about an overflow of thanksgiving. I want to spend a bunch of time today in a story that you'll find in the book of Luke. Chapter 17, verse 12. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. And I don't want you to miss this, okay? Luke 17, verse 12. As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? Then Jesus stopped to look at them. He spoke these words go to be examined by the Jewish priest. They set off and they were healed while they were walking along the way. One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed. Are you following what's happening here? Jesus did not pray. Jesus did not prophesy. Jesus did not lay hands on them. Jesus didn't even quote Moses, not one time. He just sent them on their way. Listen, he wanted them to act as if they were already healed. So Jesus said, just go, be gone with you. And as they went, they discovered that they were healed. This is an amazing story. Verse 15, one of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, you are the Messiah. This man was a Samaritan. Verse 17, now listen to this. Jesus responds, so where are the other nine? Shandiliandai. Where are the other nine? Weren't there ten who were healed? They all refused. Now, this is still Jesus talking. Jesus is saying, weren't there ten who were healed? They all refused. This is Jesus talking. So Jesus knew what they were doing as they were going along the way. And listen, this is just my supposition, my opinion, but I've been in ministry long enough. I've had people rebuke me because I didn't pray for them the way they thought I ought to pray. Because, see, people have expectations. If you're a preacher, this is how you should respond. If you're a pastor, this is how you should dress. And if you're a prophet, this is how you prophesy. You prophesy in King James. For thou saith the Lord. I mean, if you don't add an ith to it, it's not truly anointed. This is how people think. So in my mind, and it's based on experience, I picture these lepers walking off and at least nine of them going. What kind of rabbi is he? He didn't quote Moses at all. I thought the least he would do is lay hands on us. Remember the story about how he spit in the mud for that other guy? He didn't even spit on us least he could have done was spit you know how people are they're, they're walking along and they're talking about what he didn't do prophet pff, some prophet he is did you hear a prophecy i didn't hear a prophecy did you no, i didn't hear one either so they're going along their way and as they're walking they discover that they were healed now once again in my mind i'm just picturing 10 guys walking along they're grumbling one looks at the other one and goes dude what? Your face. Well, let's talk about your face, dude. No, no, seriously, your face. It, you don't look half bad. Your nose is back. My what? Your nose, dude. Your, and they just started duding each other, right? Because dude, you're healed. Dude, you look good. Dude, I never looked this good. Are you kidding me? Dude, 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 dude. And one of them says, dude, I'm going back. Because they got healed. They were cleansed. They were purged of their leprosy. But Jesus says, listen to this. I mean, this is amazing. He says, they all refused to return and give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Then. Jesus said to the healed man, he's already healed. Everyone got that? He's already purged of his leprosy. His body has been detoxed. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. Now, this is just loaded with a lot of this. We got to spend some time on this. In the healing of the ten lepers, listen, Jesus did not reach out and did not touch them. He doesn't say be healed. He tells them to go show themselves to the priest. And once again, I know I already said he was telling them to act as if they were healed. Thanksgiving goes a long ways to acting like you've already been set free. Grumbling and complaining and murmuring is not the voice of victory. Thanksgiving is a voice of victory. And they were healed. In faith they started out and they were healed on the way. 10 were healed. But what I want you to see is only one was made well. And that's far more important than miracles. The 10 were word in the Greek is katharizo. And it literally means to be purged. Okay, so was that me? Hello. All right, we'll try this again. Everyone say 10. 10 was the number of people that were purged or detoxed or cleansed. Everyone say one. One is the number that returned and gave Christ thanks. And here's what I want. Listen, the point that we see here, I think, is that unless Thanksgiving is a part of our nature, we can't be whole people. Because the one came back and Jesus used There's a different Greek word. There's katharizo. You've been purged. All ten of you were purged. The leprosy left your body. That's what you asked me for. But how many of you know God does exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond anything that you can think or ask or imagine? But what I want to say to you is the thing that gets you to that level of the, 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 the the power of God doing the above and beyond is clearly thankfulness because it was faith that brought them to Christ and got them purged, catharizo. But when Jesus looked at the one and he said, You alone have come back, your faith, your expression of gratitude is making you sozoed. That's a completely different word with a completely different meaning. Catharizo just means you've been purged, sozo means you've been made completely well. Nothing broken, nothing missing, everything restored. See, what you got to understand is, listen, by being purged, they still had a world of problems. They were lepers, which means they had no connection to their culture. They had to live in a leper colony, completely cut off, no job, No social network, no relationships. The only connections they had were in the leper colony. Well, guess where they couldn't go back now? They couldn't go back because they were cleansed. But they weren't made whole because they still had no connections. They were healed without a job. And Jesus says, and this is the reason I think, and I'm, I'm... Cutting way ahead, I really believe knowing the nature of the master, the reason why he said this is important to note that only one of you came back was not because he needed the gratitude. God does not need to hear you say thank you. Because he lives and abides above beyond any need. But we need to express gratitude because it opens up a portal to a higher level of grace in our lives. There's a place in God's goodness the ungrateful, the ungrate, the ingrate will never get to. But by returning, the Lord said, What you did, you've allowed me to complete the process. You see... Sending them on their way began a process, but redemption isn't just getting saved. Redemption isn't just getting healed. Redemption is nothing broken, nothing missing, but it's a process. And when this one, a Samaritan, returned, and Jesus noted the others had the opportunity, but they did what? They refused. Why would they have refused? I think it's because he didn't do it the way they wanted. Oh, Shundali listen. This is the way people are, even if they get what they want, but they don't get it the way they wanted. Well, I tell you what, I like everything about that congregation, but this one thing. They keep singing that Jamaican song. I don't understand why they got to always. I I like the word. I like the chill. I like it. But this one. But this one guy, he he had all the same problems they had. He was healed, but he had no connections. He was healed, but he had no job, just like the other nine. He could not go back to the leper colony. But when he returned to Jesus, and he gave overflowing thanks. Jesus said, I've started a process in your life of sozo. How did God do it? I don't know. But I do know this because of the word Jesus used. Jesus was saying, just like he did to the woman with the issue of blood. Everything is returned to you. Everything you lost because of the leprosy is being restored. It's going to be restored to you supernaturally. And what Jesus wanted to do is he wanted to do it for all Ten. He wanted to complete the process of redemption in every one of their lives. He wants to complete the process of redemption in every one of our lives. But perhaps, if we just look at the numbers, is it possible that 90% of the church doesn't give him gratitude? I'm just saying, why would the Holy Spirit make a point of saying 10, 1, and 9? Is it possible that? Only 10% of God's people give him the thanks he's due. Add to our faith thankfulness. Because it'll open up a door of grace in our lives that doesn't seem to get opened up any other way. Is this okay this morning? One came back and was made whole. One, what well, is I got? One scholar wrote this. Listen to this: ingratitude is more deadly than leprosy. So the nine were in worse shape than before. Well, mm. I wondered why that didn't fit in. That's last week's sermon. I was like, where did love come from? Listen to this: there are those people who go through life with a great sense of wonder and gratitude for every circumstance. And there are those group of people who grow through life giving thanks for nothing. I love a story of a shopkeeper that I wrote down a long time ago. I, I don't know where I got this from, but this is the story. The immigrant shopkeeper's son came to him one day complaining, Dad, I don't understand how you run this store. You keep your accounts payable in a cigar box. Your accounts receivable are in a spindle. All your cash is in the register, and you never know what your profits are. Son, let me tell you something the dad said. When I arrived in this land, all I owned was the pants I was wearing. Now your sister is an art teacher, your brother is a doctor, and you're a CPA. Your mother and I own a house and a car in this little store. Add all that up and subtract the pants, and there is your profit. Listen to this, a whole person has a sense of gratitude for any and all good fortune. It's a matter of perspective, y'all. To be thankful doesn't mean everything is right. It just means you believe that God can make everything right. If we wait until all the planets are in alignment and it's so bright that we got to wear shades in order to give him thanks, then we ain't never going to give him thanks because as long as we're on this planet, we're never going to be completely problem free. The leper came back praising God with enormous problems. His leprosy was healed, but as he'd been living as an outcast with no family and no job, he had no home and no village. Yet he was praising God even in the midst of his unsolved problems. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Listen to this. And how many, listen, we know at RLC this one thing above all other things if it's written, our uncertainty is unnecessary. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 says this always giving thanks for all things. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God and Father. You see that? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this Rejoice sometimes, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Each of us. Has a problem right now. Nobody, listen to me, nobody still, it doesn't matter how brilliant they are on social media. See, this is the problem some of our young people have. They look at someone's social media page and think that person is perfect. There's not a person left alive on this planet that's problem free. Nobody is problem free. So let's think about how we can praise God in that present problem. You listening to me? See, I I wrote that I'm a faith man, but that doesn't mean I'm a denier. I know that sin abounds. And I know I've hurt people and I know I've been hurt by people. There's pain and there's illness. And we can't pretend it's fun to have a painful problem. If you enjoy pain, you're a freak. But we got to remember that God is not the source of the pain or the problem. And faith, hear me when I say this, faith is not the denial of fact. Faith is the admission that there is one who's higher than the fact. So if disease is in my body and it's causing me pain, I don't say I've got no pain. That's a denial. What faith is, is the admission that Christ is my healer in the midst of the pain. You understand what I'm saying? So faith is the admission of a higher reality that supersedes the facts of my life. It may be factual that I'm broke and I don't got two nickels to run together. But faith is the declaration that he is my provider. And that truth is greater than the present reality. And as long as my my faith admits a higher truth, then that truth can change my present reality. Is this okay this morning? Still talking about... because see if all we do is look at our present reality we'll think we've got nothing to give thanks for but by faith we can find that one thing if it's only one thing we can come before him and be grateful for this one thing i mean i don't know about you but i'm amazed by the fact that we can breathe cuz i mean these things called lungs they're complex and he designed them and I breathe in an element I need for life, and I breathe out an element that, if it was allowed to build up, would kill me. So, in a very real sense, hear me, I breathe in life and I breathe out death. That's amazing. And then God designs it in such a way that every green plant breathes, breathes, or it takes in what would kill me and turns it into what I need. So if I got nothing else to give him thanks for. How about saying, Father, I thank you for breath. I thank you that I'm still breathing. I thank you for the cycle of life coming in and death going out. I thank you that life comes in and death goes. If I ain't got nothing else to thank you for. I'm going to have an abundance of gratitude for air. And then pretty soon, because your thankfulness opens up a portal to a higher level of grace, grace will manifest in such your life, in your life in such a way that pretty soon you got two things to give thanks for. Then you got four things to thanks for. Then you got six things to give. Do you see what I'm saying? But it starts out within your present problem. I mean, man, your wife's heard you grumble about it. Your aunt's heard you grumble about it. Your uncle's heard you grumble about it. Your friends have heard you grumble about it. Try something else. Try letting your Savior hear thank you. And create in our lives an overflow of thankfulness and see what he does. Is this okay this morning? I wrote this down, and I like this. God, I praise you. You are bigger than the mess I'm in. (laughs) Isn't that good? Father, I thank you. You're bigger than this mess I created. And you can get me out of it. William Law, who was an 18th century English theologian and clergyman, said this If anyone can tell you the shortest, surest way to all happiness and perfection, he must tell you to make it a rule to yourself to thank and praise God for everything that happens to you. For it is certain that whatever seeming calamity happens to you, if you thank and praise God for it, you will turn it into a blessing. Helen Keller said this. For those of you who know, Helen Keller was blind and deaf. She wrote these words, I thank God for my handicaps. Through them I have found myself, my work, and my God. John Wesley, the evangelist and the founder of the Methodist Church, wrote, "Thanksgiving is inseparable from true prayer; it is almost essentially connected with it. He that always praises, or he that always prays, is ever giving praise, whether in ease or pain, both for prosperity and great adversity." Paul wrote something very similar in in Philippians 4.11. He said, For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. To be content does not mean to be satisfied. It doesn't mean Paul accepted it. But what Paul was saying is, I'm the same person whether times are good or times are bad. The same thanks you're going to hear from me on the mountaintop is the same thanks you're going to hear from me in the valley. See, a lot of saints, we change. You can look at some people and know whether they're having a good day or not. They would not be good poker players because if things ain't good, they let everyone know it. But God wants us to be the same, and, and, and that being the same in good times and in adverse times proves to everyone we're greater than the times we're in, that we're made of sterner stuff because our Father and our Savior reigns above the mess I'm in. So I have learned, I didn't always know this, but I've learned that in the good times I give him thanks, and it comes easy. But in the bad times I give them thanks, and that's called a sacrifice of praise. But whether it's good or bad, I'm going to be the same because he's the same. In whatever state you are, you can learn to praise God. Hmm. I already said this, but I want to say it again. It's at the level of thanksgiving or praise where I believe God's power can break through in the most dramatic ways. Jesus looked for the nine who were missing. They actually missed the first Thanksgiving. Why? Because he wanted to do more. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. I want to show you something here. I want to show you how God takes note of the grateful and notices the ungrateful. In Romans chapter 1, the Holy Spirit begins to describe a group of people. Remember I told you that thankfulness is both a noun and a Is this okay this morning y'all getting anything with this? He's getting bo- it's both a noun and a verb. It describes who we are and it describes what we do. So in the book of Romans, The Holy Spirit is describing to us a group of people that are the ungodly, the unrighteous. And I want you to take note of one of the ways he defines or describes the ungodly. Let's read. Romans chapter one, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21. For even though they knew God, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. Now, I heard one Bible scholar say this, and we... Every word in scripture has purpose and is in on purpose for purpose. Nothing is in there just as a filler. So it's interesting that the Holy Spirit takes note of the one of the ways of defining the ungodly, the unrighteous is they don't give thanks. But they became futile in their reasoning and their senseless hearts were darkened. Now go with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation. I want to show you another group of people. This is a heavenly multitude that's been gathered from every nation, tribe, and tongue. And we're reading Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all the tribes, peoples, and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. Verse 10, And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and all the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, this is verse 12, Amen, blessing, glory, Wisdom. Now remember, every word in Scripture is there for a purpose. And the Holy Spirit is making known that one of the traits of an ungodly people is that they are unthankful. It matters not what God has done. They're unthankful. It matters not how much God has done. They remain unthankful. But there's another group of people. They fall on their face. And they give God thanks. What we're seeing here, saints, is that an attribute of godliness is thankfulness. Hmm. Honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. God notes and records the thankful. He takes notice of it. He records it. Now, I want to as we bring this to a close, I just want to read you just a a bunch of verses because I want you to see how often the Bible says give thanks. You ready? We're just going to read Psalm 30, verse 11. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Oh, my low Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Psalm 50, verse 23. The life that pleases me is a life lived in the gratitude of grace. The life that pleases me is a life lived in the gratitude of grace always choosing to walk with me in what is right. This is the sacrifice I desire from you. If you do this, more of my salvation will unfold for you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Colossians 3, verse 15, let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, rule in your hearts and be... Thankful, Colossians three seventeen. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or, um, and whatever you do in word or deed, deed, do everything. I'm getting my tongue all tied up. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Slow down, Jimmy. Colossians chapter four verse two. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, verse 20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to our God and Father. Do you see the repetition? You want to know why I think the Holy Spirit had to repeat it over and over and over again? Because human nature is not one of gratitude. But the new nature is. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18, in everything give Thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Through him, then, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips, praising his name. And jumping back again to Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed with overflowing and overflowing with gratitude. In the Latin, the word thanksgiving is very interesting, and I'm in closing with this almost. In the Latin, it means pleasing or thankful. And what's implied is this, being thankful is pleasing. There's something about being around someone who's grateful. You want to be around them more. And there's something equally vexing about somebody who don't say thank you for nothing. You know, I'm the type of guy that I like opening up the doors for women. I just think it's the right thing to do. And on more than one occasion, I've run to the door to get it. Now, I'm not talking about for my wife. I'm talking about strangers that run to the door to get it. And it's always nice when you run to the door and you open it up for them, and they look by and smile at you, and they say, thank you, young man. And I'm like, I like that young. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then every once in a while, you run to the door. They see you're running to the door. They see that you made an effort to get there to open up the door for them, and they don't even look at you. On more than one occasion, I've just said as they're walking by, oh, you're welcome. You saw me run, chump. I didn't have to do this, but I did it. At least you could do it. Pastor, you didn't. Oh, yeah, I have. You're welcome, because I want them to know that I know that they didn't say thank you. Because all of us like being appreciated, and it creates within us a desire to do more. It's the same with the Father. We need to say thank you because of what it opens up to us. Is this making sense? Now, as, as we bring this to a close... As a pastor, I've done quite a bit of marital counseling. And I've heard stories that I really wished I could unhear. About situations I really don't ever want to be involved in. But you know what I've never heard? I've never heard, and I'm just using this as an example, a wife saying about the husband, but you could vice versa. I've never heard a wife say, well, you pastor, you know, it just really irritates me about him. He's constantly thankful. I just get tired of all this gratitude. Every time he comes home, he he tells me, thank you for cleaning the house. I'm tired of it. Every time I cook a meal, he expresses his gratitude for, for me loving him this way, and I just can't take it anymore. I wish he and that gratitude would just go away. I've never heard that. I have heard I sure wish once in a while he'd say thank you. I just wish once in a while he could Tell me he appreciates all my effort. I've heard that, but I've never heard someone say, I'm sick and tired of so much gratitude. I've had it up to here with that thankfulness. I wish for once he would just take me for granted. Never heard it. If you and I want to be like the nine lepers and receive. If we can say it this way, the bare minimum. I think his mercy will do that. But if we want an overflowing of sozo, nothing broken, nothing missing. I really believe the power that brings about complete restoration is hidden in thanks. And it's reserved for the grateful for those who will come back from their busy schedules and find a place to come to the master and say, Father, I'm just so grateful for what you've done for me today. You know, when I was driving down that road and that car cut off in front of me, you saved me. It wasn't my cat-like reflexes. Impressive as they are, you gave me these reflexes. I could have been as slow as Steve. (laughs) <laughs> but you understand what i'm saying in your present difficulties you find time to give him thanks the thankful are always graceful and the graceful are always thankful so let you and i make a commitment together we're doing it corporately and we'll do it individually stand to your feet And I want you to notice that how the Holy Spirit has dem- has laid this out. We started out with really the foundation of everything is God's grace. So we started out by talking about an overflow of grace. And then we started then we layered on that an overflow of love. Today it's an overflow of thanksgiving. Next week we're going to talk about an overflow of prosperity. But you can't reverse that because you can't be prosperous and be ungr- ungrateful. And you can't be prosperous in him without grace. I mean, you can, you can gather under yourself wealth, but I promise you it will not be without sorrow because you'll have, have to sacrifice something. Only in him can you have wealth without sorrow. So grace, love, thankfulness. Then we're ready to hear about prosperity. So with every eye closed, if you want to raise your hand, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But I just want you to say this. Father, I choose to be grateful. You've given me so much. You've been so kind. And it's been too long. Since I said a simple thank you. But by your spirit. I'll do better. You will hear my thanks in the morning. You'll hear my thanks throughout the day. And you'll hear my thanks. expressed to you. When I lay myself down to sleep. I choose. To be thankful. And I thank you right now. For your goodness, your your flowing grace, grace, your overwhelming love, love, the work of salvation in my life. life. I thank you for my home, for my my wife, for my my husband, for my my children. children. I thank you for my job. job. Father, I thank you for increase. I I I thank you for the stripes that were laid upon his back. And purchased my healing. I thank you, Father, that in Jesus' name, no chain can bind me.